Underwood. Thin ice! <laughs> to smoke some weed and shut up. My god. Oh, I thought for sure. There it is. Boom! Yes! December 4th, 2023, episode 181, My Basketball Podcast, presented by Armchair Illini, armchairillini.com. Watch all that stuff. So, all right. Uh, wow. That was new for us. No. Um, wow. I was trying to think of another way to do it without saying all right. And it just turned yeah, into that depression. was awful. That was, that was way bad. worse. Yeah. I'm going to start saying all right again. Um, episode 181, December 4th, already said all that stuff. Uh, coming off of a victory for the Illini, uh, we did a watch party on Saturday afternoon. Um, an absolute clinic at halftime, yeah. I would say, with my free throw shooting. You know, I was thinking 10. about it. If you wouldn't have taken a practice free throw, you would have went 10 for 10. It's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, technically went 10 for 11. The fact that the 10th one didn't go in is questionable. Uh, I don't know how that didn't go in. We can maybe review the tape a little later, but yeah, uh, rim I'm sure. Yeah, it uh, seems like BS, but whatever. Yeah, but uh, Illinois gets the first first Big Ten win of the year. Um, came out really hot, 24-8. Uh, let Rutgers kind of get back into it. I think a five-point lead at half. And then they held Rutgers to 22 points in the second half. So, uh Pretty good look for Illinois, except for that, you know, little stretch. But, you know, a few turnovers against the press, things like that. Uh, Illinois kind of looked out of it for a little bit, but it is what it is. Uh, Jeff's here. What's going on? He said Rutgers sucks. LOL. Steve, how you doing? Thanks for stopping by. Squared Circle Squares is here. Uh, Jeff's back again. Who saw... Godilla minus one. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Do you? Uh, Jeff said you'll you all see North Carolina run Tennessee off the court. Yep. Uh, we got to talk about Coleman Hawkins. We'll get there. He didn't look healthy, says Jeff. Uh, Bergy, I still think he's hurt. Uh, still kind of gimpy. Steve says you mean how well Coleman played at eighty percent. Right. Anyway, True. yeah, yeah, a right. bunch of uh, bunch of bunch of low IQ discussion in the chat. Uh, no, a lot of guys getting in early before we even start. Let me just so. let me just say this about Rutgers. Uh, I think you could say whatever you want about what they are. I don't think they're a very good team overall, but I think you have to factor in how hard it is to play there. There was a big crowd. The crowd got into it late in the first half. Rutgers outscored Illinois by six in the final ten minutes of the first half. After Illinois had a plus eleven advantage, Illinois up five at the half. You go, you know, Rutgers had the momentum going into the half. I think two major parts of Illinois being able to have a a lead over one possession, and uh, this would be a perfect transition, um, yeah. was Terrence Shannon's and one and Terrence Shannon's three. Three, yep. I agree. Yeah, because they, they were struggling there, and then Terrence kind of took over for them and did what he should be doing as a super-duper senior, so – uh, we both picked him player of the game. Uh, I don't think there was really any question. I mean, some people sit, might think that Damask could have got it, but I don't know. Like everybody was talking about how good Damask played. I didn't. I guess I, I thought Damask was that. really good. I don't know what the hell you saw. I don't know. I mean, uh, he had seven rebounds, and that's fine. We're not talking about him. We're talking about Terry Shannon right now. Thirty-eight it. minutes, twenty-three points, eight for thirteen, four of seven from three, perfect from the line, ten rebounds, which is. Terrence isn't really a rebounder usually, so that was good to see. Two assists, two blocks, uh, five turnovers. Yikes. I don't uh, remember what those were. I mean, there were five of them, so. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you going to remember all of them? No, I remember at least one. Yeah. Um, Underwood said of Terrence, quote, I think the biggest thing for Terrence was comfort. There was so much unknown last year. He was a new player in our program, just trying to be a piece of it. He didn't rest on his morals. He took the advantage of his experience going to the draft. He got better. He worked. Defensively, he is elite. Um, 
there are a lot of people are talking about how Terrence Shannon's not going 100 miles per hour all the time. Terrence even talked about it himself. Uh, he still does it. I guess he doesn't do it as much, but uh, he's willing to kick it out to other players to to pull up when they need to. Um, but yeah, he he has been really good. He's kind of put Illinois on his back and and has taken over games and taken over spots, which which you want from him. So, uh, Jeff says Damas played good. He challenged the paint more. Pretty clear that Damas is our point guard. If Damas is our point guard, I think we're going to struggle though. Damas did not look good against the press, but nobody really did. You know who looked worse than Damas against the press? I, I don't know. You're going to say Ty Rogers, but I don't Ty think Rogers. that he did. They he both turned it over turnovers. twice. He turned over twice on the press. That's fine. Demas turned over at least once on the press. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because he just stood there. Yeah, you know stupid. who looked the best against the press? Coleman Hawkins. He ought to. He's six ten. Exactly. You give it to him and just let him pass over the top of everybody. The problem for Damask in the press was just standing there. Like I don't know what he was doing. I think Ty kind of did too. But um, yeah. you, it seems like you're quite the hater of Damask. That's all right. Um, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Not exactly hating. I just didn't. He didn't stand out to he me. He was good. I guess 15, he was. 15, I mean, 7, I, and 2 had a block. Uh, was pretty good in the paint. Did a lot of Tyler Wall type stuff in the paint. Yeah, he did. He backed down um, a few times. He was good. Made a, made a nice three early uh, with that great pass to the corner by, I think Shannon made that pass. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he was bad. I guess he, he just didn't stand out like he did to everybody else to me. But he is only him and uh, Terrence Shannon are only two guys that played over thirty minutes in this game. So there you I, go. I, I'm not hating on him. I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, Underwood, of course, said, uh, "quote His floor game, his ability to score in the post ups was elite. Three elites in this post game presser. By the way, we'll get to the last one later. Uh, we had turnovers when Coleman was on the bench. Yeah, Coleman had some foul trouble. Didn't play much in the." Uh, Towards the end of the first half, and that's kind of when Illinois got sloppy. Coleman's defense was really good too, I thought, especially on the knee. He wasn't wearing a brace. Uh, he he told the press that he's at eighty percent. Uh, Carl told me to listen to the interview where they talked about like surgery and stuff. I couldn't find it. All I found was the post game interview with Coleman, um, and he just said that he felt better. Uh, the first three games, he felt like he was playing on one leg. Um, and Brad said that it's a quad tendonitis in his knee, whatever that is. But you were talking about uh, maybe him being on minutes restrictions, and Brad said that the only reason that he didn't play as much in the first half was due to foul trouble. There was no restrictions on his minutes. So, but yeah, 26 minutes for Coleman, 3 of 9, 0 for 2 from 3, 6 points, 8 rebounds, an assist, a steal, a turnover. I thought where he was most impressive, of course, was on the defensive end. Um, he had Cliff just out of sorts. I think Cliff was 3 of 10 from the field. So I thought that Coleman really stepped up defensively. And like I said, when Illinois really needed to break the press, they gave the ball to Coleman and just kind of let him pass over it. So Cliff had, Cliff had more rebounds and blocks than he did points. Yeah. Seven points, nine rebounds, eight blocks. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't Jeff, feel like he had eight blocks, but he did. Jeff said uh, Coleman facilitated the offense. I think he was talking about Damask when he said that. Damask did not facilitate anything. He looked sloppy. We were talking uh, about Damask when he said that. <laughs> MJ, great game in person. Glad nice you of you to, to pay to attention. Uh, could there be a bigger issue with Hawkins? I don't think there's a bigger issue. I think uh, it's definitely just his knee. Um, that that is the issue. So. I think people mostly just come in here to talk about what went wrong or how there could be an issue. And you know, I don't know how we're supposed to answer that question. Ask Brad. I don't know. Um, my takeaway from this game has nothing to do with Coleman Hawkins offensively. I don't think that we need to talk about that. I think. I mean, I, they talked about his knee is going to affect him maybe the rest of his career, but 
he seems to be fine on it. The fact that he wasn't wearing a brace and they're saying that he might need surgery and all this stuff is kind of weird to me. But All I know is that they won a game in the Big Ten by 18 on the road, and it's like I, exactly. I don't care who you're playing. Rutgers is probably somewhere in that 9 to 12 range of the Big Ten right now. They're not, you know great they're not bad i think to say rutgers is a bad basketball team i think is a little bit unfair i don't think they're great but you know they have better metrics than indiana penn state minnesota uh pretty much the same as nebraska better than maryland so this isn't the worst plus they have a really really good coach they just aren't great defensively and if you look at the offensive numbers from them in this game um rutgers went six of 13 from three most uh, three, at least probably two or three of those threes were when they were getting out and running and late in the first half transition threes. So like you can live with that. Illinois made it really hard on them inside the three point line. They went 14 for 47. That's 29%. Uh, they had 20 free throws to Illinois 11. They went 12 for 20. Illinois went seven for 11. So, and then Illinois obviously on the glass has just been dominating teams. Um, you know, 50, yeah. 55 rebounds to 27 in this game. It's just, yeah, Illinois had more offensive rebounds than uh, Rutgers had defensive rebounds. And this is a game where Illinois hasn't won at Rutgers since Rutgers was a legitimately bad basketball team, which was uh, the 2017-2018 season. They went 15-19. and 19. It was the second year for Peichel. They went 3-15 and 15 in the Big Ten. Illinois beat them twice. So, And we're talking about a, a one of the worst offensive efficiency teams in the Big Ten in like the last decade, like this team was 270th in the country in offensive efficiency when they beat them last. So to beat a Rutgers team like this, which isn't great, but they're a lot better than that. And they have had some success over the last few years with Peichel. I think you got to be happy with the win, especially like Illinois Rutgers was really never like. Is anybody not happy with the win or are you just no, assuming? What I'm saying is that nobody, <laughs> all the comments are about, you know, uh, Hawkins issue here, Hawkins issue. They're just there. worried about his injury. I think. I don't think they're. I like. I think they know that he played well. Is there anybody out there that thinks Coleman didn't play well in this game? Well, he didn't look healthy. I think he's still hurt. We got to talk about Coleman Hawkins. Uh, still kind of gimpy. I mean, what do you guys expect? He's coming he played off at eighty percent. He he told the told people that he was I think we should be focusing on the fact they went on the road in the Big Ten and beat the living piss out of Rutgers instead of all this bullshit about players' injuries. Like, who cares right now? Can we get to that before the next game, guys? I mean, that's, that's all I want. I want to talk about how this game went. I want to talk about the players that played in the game, how they played in the game, how they beat Steve Peichel and Rutgers on the road at the rack, a place they haven't won very often. The best Brad Underwood Illinois teams didn't win here. So, like, I want to talk about the game before we get to all that other stuff. No, squared circle squared says that we love Hawkins. Okay, good. And everyone's happy. So, uh, Ty Rogers, you're not very happy about him. So, you want to talk about him a little bit? You know, I think, uh, Ty, I feel like Ty Rogers has been the exact same player in every game this season, right? Like, there's mistakes, yeah, but he, he still uh, yeah. has a stat line where he has six rebounds, three assists, blocking a steal, really good defensively. Yeah, good rebounder, solid steal, around the rim. Had that steal with a run out, barely dunked defense. it. He jumped too early, I think. Yeah, uh, left-handed like layup, I remember. Double pumped once. Or Made something. a free throw. Those are his points. His points, left-handed layup, a dunk where he jumped too early and almost didn't get it in there, and then one of two from the line. Five points, six boards, three assists. Five, six, and three from Rodgers. I think we can live with if Shannon and Damask and uh, other guys are going to put up some some points. Yeah, I agree. And I don't. I like. I thought that his his point guard play was fine. I know people want to hate on it, but. I, I need to start watching the, the game back. I feel it's more, I but I feel like it's more like Brad Underwood's plan against the press was to pass. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, they didn't execute anything offensively to try to break the press. And he even mentioned that he talked about how they're a really good passing team. So that's what that, that was their plan. So a couple of the turnovers in the press were some good reads by Rutgers defenders. Yeah, they them. were. Yeah. I agree. And you have to think uh, that a Steve Peichel coach team has players with good defensive instincts. Uh, Jeff says, just saying he didn't look as good as he could was all, geez, don't blow it out of proportion. I love the purple uh, yeah. blue piece. Whatever, yeah, the emoji code hey, or whatever. 
Jeff, he's been he's been saying behind the scenes how long until he drives you out of here. So <laughs> behind the scenes, like it's a topic. <laughs> Just a question, like how, hey. how long can you put up? How long can you put up with Ethan? That's the, that's the question. Of course, that's the question we asked everybody, right? Uh, the Candyman, seventeen minutes, three of five, made his only three. He took. Uh, we thought it was going to get called off. Because Coleman got called for some BS underneath, I think. Um, missed both his free throws, seven points, six rebounds, a steal, two turnovers for him. He was solid. That slam that that Coleman at the uh he was at the at the free throw line, well bounce pass to him, dunked it. That was nice. Really good early minutes from Gary. Yeah. Um fouls caught up a little bit. Plays hard. His free throws looked horrendous again, mm-hmm. uh, but three for five from the field, seven points, six rebounds, and a steal in 16 minutes. I think we could live with that. I think he's going to play more than 16 minutes in most games, but uh, I think with the way Goody and Harmon played in this game, I think that probably, at least Goody, you know, you just slot him in, especially with Coleman back. Yeah, I agree. And I thought, splitting I thought, time between the centers. I thought Harmon was really good this game. Uh, he he plays under control. It's kind of that. Kind of that switch off from Ty Rogers, where he's kind of always just going crazy on either end of the court, to where Harmon plays a little bit more in control. Um, had seven points, made a three, um, so I, I, he played well. Four rebounds. Uh, Goody, like you said, played good. Three of seven from from the field. Two of five from three. Nine points for him. Three rebounds. Three assists. So. Uh, how'd you feel about, about the guys that came in for Coleman Hawkins when Coleman was in foul trouble? Dane Danger? Some very, uh, forgettable minutes, uh, for Hansberry and Dane early into his minutes was, was fine. I mean, the bounce pass from Shannon for the dunk. Yeah, that was nice on that run out. Uh, but two for six, you don't love from Dane. You'd like to be a little bit more efficient, but you are facing, you know, Cliff more often than not. I, yeah, he had the only turnover uh, from the guys on the bench, which I thought was kind of crazy. And that might have been the play where he got it outside the three-point line and he decided to dribble into the lane. And I think he he bobbled it out of bounds. But, uh, yeah, Hansberry played solid solid enough minutes. Um, but, but, yeah, those guys just – they were, I think, yeah, more forgettable than, than good. But Dane played well at the beginning. Then he just kind of – didn't play well. Uh, Wesley says, I saw Brad say Coleman injury is something he'll have to deal with the rest of his career. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Said he felt good after the Rutgers game, though. Yeah. Uh, Jeff says, I can dish it out, too. I've been nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've had other people in the chat in the past that just disappeared, like St. Dominic's Rosary. St. Dominic's who was a, never a complete, that. you know. He was, he was at a watch party. Okay, great. I mean, he's... You can't be that anti-Brad Underwood and then expect to not see some pushback from that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which current Illini player do you think would mix with a fly in Illini? I was going to say Shannon when I first Shannon. saw the comment. Yes. Other than that, I don't know. Ty Rogers, maybe. Sincere Harris turned his back on us. Jeez, that's a, that's a take. You know how who turned their not- back on the University of Illinois? Who? Squared circle squares. I won't go there. Chan would fit in. Yeah, Bergy agrees. Uh, sincere, how much time do you think Sincere would have played this game? About less as much as DGL played? DG, less than DGL? <laughs> less than DGL. Yeah. Something. That's something. I, um, like, I like this rotation a lot, although... I would like to see, obviously, Gary get more minutes than 16. And Harmon, probably not a 20-minute guy every game. Yeah. Um, but you mix in Goody for anywhere from 16 to 24 minutes. I think that's fine. Make some shots. He made three. Uh, he had a little uh, nice little fading baseline jumper on top of the two threes that he made. Uh, and then you mix in Danger and Hansberry, but you try to roll with, you know, Gary and Hawkins as your front court guys. It's probably the best combination possible on either end i think in a lot of these matchups but um it's unfortunate for dgl i would like to see him play more uh but 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm surprised that he didn't get any time. Um, Brad was asked about it today, and he just said that he, you know, you know, Brad, I didn't plan on him not playing, but I think you can learn while not playing, also. So first game he hasn't played at all. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think, I yeah, I just think that you look at the the Marquette game. He played seven minutes and just didn't do anything. Like he was zero for three from three. Um, it's tough. I mean, this is kind of how it is with a freshman guard that isn't an, an instant starter. I mean, yeah, you're going to, there's going to be games where you're not, and you know, what gets, you know, what gets you on the floor defense. Yeah. That's why Ty Rogers played so much last season. That's why sincere Harris played uh, plenty last season. Yeah. If DGL was a, a proven like good defender and that was like his number one thing that he does, then you'd probably see a little bit more time, but I also think Harmon being what he is right now and how much older he is and how experienced he is and the way he plays, I just think it's tough for DGL to get consistent minutes against good opponents. So I don't know if we'll see DGL until Colgate, but maybe we, maybe, maybe we'll see him a little bit one of these next two. I think it just kind of depends. Like I, Brad is a very, the game. how he feels. Yeah. Um, he's not going to give guys time. Just because you can't just force DGL onto the floor. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, Steve said this team is one of the better passing teams the line I've had. They are not at the 05 level, but they are very good. I would add on to that and also say I think this is Brad's best defensive team at LA. Yeah. I know the numbers might not back that up, but I would take this defense over 2021 because 2021, I know you had Io and Trent and DeMonte, but the big difference here is that I think as good as Kofi was as a player, I think the versatility that Gary and Hawkins provide in the front court is better than what they had with Kofi. And I guess you, Grandison was the fifth starter on that team. But did he? Was that the year that he started? Uh, or, yeah. Because Georgie was not even a starter on the 2021 team, I don't think. So, yeah, I, I would take this team defensively over any. I mean, they're, they're, they're just really tough, and they're so lengthy. That's the thing. Like, you look at the lineup. 6'6", 6'6", 6'6", 6'8", 6'10". And then Shorter than six four playing, yeah. And then you look at Rutgers, five eleven Fernandez, six three Simpson, six two uh, Jamichael Davis. Specs is six eight, but he only weighs one ninety three. So I mean, yeah, that's yeah. This team, I said after the Marquette game, I like this team, and I still do. And I don't think anything's going to change that unless they lose the rest of the games this month. Yeah, uh, Jeff says DGL's biggest problem is his size and lack of experience. Yeah, he's a freshman. <laughs> he's a freshman, and and Brad's gonna kind of, I mean, play him as he as he feels fit. So, uh, Illinois again, seventeen turnovers. Uh, Brad said about <laughs> the press, uh, "quote We were we are a really good passing team, so I don't feel like you ever had to handle it." You just pass it. We simplified, dumbed down everything. I think where teams get in trouble is they try to run a set at the end of their press. We can pass. We made shots tonight. We can drive it. I thought we did a good job against it. Uh, Brad Moore thought they did a better job on the back end of the press than they did on the front end of breaking the press. Um, how they attacked the basket after they finally got it across half court was uh, how he felt the team did well. So. Uh, Steve says, I agree. This defense will get better too. Yeah. The defense has looked really good. I wish I weighed 193 pounds. Don't we all, uh, nine for 11 from three for 43%, seven, 11 from the line, 64%. This is other notes and quotes, by the way, we're already moving, going, keep it moving. As they say, uh, Brad was happy with how they attacked in transition. And then when they decided to pull it out, mm -hmm. uh, Underwood said, quote, Steve is one of the elite coaches in the country. That's a very good basketball team. It's like gold. You dread it when you have to go on the road, but it's like stocking gold, taking a piece of gold out of Fort Knox and stocking it in your locker room. It's so hard in this league. That's, what we build our program on toughness and defense. And tonight we were able to do those. So I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but yeah, he is stocking gold out of Fort Knox. So Brad, I do think, in, I do think that, uh, that Pikel is one of the best in the big 10 for sure. 
Yeah. I mean, he's a rugby, you know. That's Just wait until they rugby. get that class next year. That could go very, very good or very bad. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, yeah, you go on the road. You win your first Big Ten game. I mean, this team was 0-3 last year, starting in the Big Ten. Yeah. So, Is Rutgers well-equipped enough to be a bunch of five-stars out there? I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. Whatever. It is weird. A lot of their success has been on getting guys to stay, but whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, good win. They they look better than I thought they would. I I think I picked them to win by eight, maybe. Yeah. Um, Our scores, if you combine our scores, it was almost. We were close. Yeah. Yeah. I had Rutgers scoring like fifty nine or something. You had you had Illinois scoring seventy one. Seventy one. Just add add some numbers, subtract some numbers, and it's it's right on the money. Yeah, exactly. We're we're almost perfect every time. I mean, it's, 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 it's insane really. Uh, but yeah. Uh, shorter break now. They obviously had six days off after the uh, game against Western Illinois. Uh, by the way, former Illini opponent Southern taking down Mississippi state. Yeah. Mississippi state, by the way, a, a two, they have two quad one wins Mississippi state and now a loss to Southern. Very good. defensive team, But when they, when they, when they can't, uh, score. It's a problem. Uh, before we get to the preview here, I guess we'll just show the fact that I should have gone 10 for 10 from the free throw line here at halftime during the Rutgers game. It's screwed is what I got here. Screwed. Just just on the money, just focused. Mind you, he made he made the practice one right before. It's fair. <laughs> Just locked in. By the way, when once I make like the first four, I start to get a little shaky. <laughs> you didn't even show it. You didn't even. You had to get that one yourself too. It's just it's too easy sometimes, you know. Seven for seven. seven it's for really seven. easy when you're shooting from seven feet too. Okay, dude. Eight for eight. I'm on an eight foot rim. Okay. As you're on the seams, <laughs> nine for nine. How does oh, that, not- that thing was in. It was How in. does that not go in? It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. But whatever. Hey, what can you do? Um, tomorrow halftime show is going to be in the dark and it's going to be colder. So might be snowing. Hopefully, go ten for ten tomorrow. But it's going to be a tall task given the uh, the coldness. I don't think you'll the- make eight tomorrow. Okay. Um, I'll put five bucks on it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Illinois uh, is number 20 now in the AP poll. FAU is up to number 11. We have number 20 is number 11. Illinois 6 and 1. FAU 7 and 1. Game uh, starts 5.30 p.m. Central. on 5.30? Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, Jimmy V Classic. They did this last year. It was 5.30 as well. Uh, but that game did until like 10 because it was an overtime. Uh, <laughs> Madison Square Garden, Illinois. by no. I think they're 2-0 and under Brad Underwood at MSG. I remember two because they beat Maryland and then that might be the only two, right? I feel like I don't That's, remember them playing there again. Sounds right, but I, you know me. We're going to guess. Uh, Illini playing in the Jimmy V Classic for the second straight season. Last year's matchups were what? Illinois, El- Illinois, Texas, Texas, and Iowa Duke. Does that sound right? Was it Iowa Duke? I don't know. Sure. Uh, sure, why not? Somebody look that up. Uh, FAU is very you. good. Don't let the haters, because I know FAU is like a target on their back because they're a mid-major team that's everybody's obsessed with, but they're a very good basketball team. Iowa versus Duke, December 6, wow. 2022. It's just it's always there. It's always there. <laughs> Duke by 12. Um, not surprising. Uh FAU, though, yeah, very good basketball team. Outside of a weird they had a weird loss to Bryant, uh, which I think you can say many good teams have had weird losses this season. Like I think Mississippi State's a good team. They lost to Southern. I think Kentucky's good, but losing to UNC Wilmington. Yeah, I think there's I still been think, some weird games. I still year. think Villanova's good, but they've lost to Drexel, <laughs> Penn, and St. Joseph's. But Villanova, I still think is good. Duke loses to Georgia Tech. I mean, that's not really comparable to the others, but I think it's hard to judge a team based on some of these losses. Like I, Arizona and Houston are the only two teams without any sort of uh, slip-up yet, which could be coming soon for Arizona. You look at their upcoming schedule. They have Wisconsin, Purdue, Alabama, FAU, their next four. So be very surprised if they get to 11-0. and uh, It would be insane. But the good thing for them is that they're a top-10 offense, top-5 defense. So there you go. Um, I guess Baylor and uh, BYU haven't had slip-ups either, but – Regardless, or Colorado State, uh, FAU has scored 80 plus in each of their last five games. 
um, 90 plus in three of those games. So they can score the basketball. Uh, they brought back all key pieces. They're really just like a six man rotation, but it's all guys that were on the team last season when they went to the final four, obviously their path, they beat Memphis, which they, that was their closest call. They barely beat Memphis in that first round eight versus nine. Obviously they get fortunate by playing FDU in the second round, a really bad FDU team on the surface. Like they were playing well at the time. That was not a good basketball team. Uh, of course, they did get to the second round, so they did everything that Illinois does every year. Uh, they beat Tennessee in the Sweet 16, and they beat K-State. So that kind of makes up for it. Beating Tennessee last year, who destroyed Duke in the second round, and then K-State, who obviously uh, beat um, Kentucky and Michigan State to get there. Uh, then they lost to San Diego State in the Final Four in a close one. Uh, but this is, a, uh, this is a good team. Yeah, uh, FAU's got everybody back, like you said. Uh, Brad said this is the best passing team in the country and compared their connectivity to Marquette. So, I, I mean, if you look at their offensive numbers, then it, everything would back up the fact they are a very, very good offensive team. Yeah. Um, they don't turn it over very much. Um, they get good shots. It obviously helps they have a big seven-footer in the middle. Uh, it's be a big spot for Coleman and, and Dane off the bench, and I don't know if Hansbury is going to get much run in this game, but uh, I FAU depends on foul trouble, right? I mean, yeah. FAU's two hundred time last game. FAU's two hundred thirteenth in bench minutes, so which most of that's probably the fact that Brian Greenlee is the six man and plays like twenty five to thirty a game. Um, so uh, looking at their lineup, weird lineup, not a lot of size, but they have guys playing different positions like. It's, it's a weird lineup. Not really a true point guard by position on this team either, which is probably why they're – I think if you if you don't have a real point guard that just controls the show all, at all times, you need to be able to pass. I think both of these teams kind of embody that in some ways. Uh, Jalen Gaffney, 6'3", 185, spent three seasons at UConn, didn't play very much, uh, averaged seven points, four rebounds, one assist. So that's, you know, that's a 6'3 guy averaging four rebounds and just one assist. Um, so they like to you know switch things up a lot. Uh, Brandon Weatherspoon, 6'4", 186, 39% from three uh, on the season after starting the year seven for eight in the first two games. Um, Elijah Martin listed as a small forward, according to Ken Palm, but he's 6'2", 210, uh, <laughs> averages 13 points, five rebounds, one assist. So 13 and five from a guy who's 6'2", is, is, is something. Uh, and then John L. Davis, I heard people calling him Nelly Davis, but we're going to call him John L. Davis. 6'4", 203, averages 13 points, seven rebounds, one assist, uh, shooting 23% from three right now. Not great start the season, but he was 33% or better in his first three seasons. And then the big man, Vlad Golden, 7'1", 240, averaging 15 points, seven rebounds, shooting 75% from the field. Um, and then, like I said earlier, six-man Brian Greenlee averages nine points, two rebounds, three assists, and 28.3 minutes per game. Uh, in their last game, they beat Charleston 90-74. to 74. Charleston's a pretty decent mid-major team, off to a tough start with four losses already, uh, three three weird losses, and then obviously losing by 16 uh, to FAU. In that game, they had Giancarlo Rosado play 15 minutes. But other than that, they did a similar thing to Illinois where they pretty much had seven guys play and then a couple guys mixed in for some, some lower-level minutes. Um and one thing I think you can notice about this team is that they shoot a lot of free throws. They had 29 free throws against Charleston, 21 in their game before that, only 11 against Virginia Tech, but they destroyed Virginia Tech. They scored 52 points in the second half, beat Virginia Tech by 34. Uh, they shot 23 free throws against Texas A&M, made 20 of them, uh, 27 free throws against Butler, uh, 20 against uh, Bryant in their loss. So the point is, they a lot of times they shoot a lot of free throws. So it'll be interesting to see what that no number foul, looks like. Is that what you're saying? They're not great from the line. They're 195th in percentage, but they've taken a lot of them. So I feel like yeah, your percentage might not be as great. Uh, but interesting well, that, that, because Vlad shot 61 of them and he's made 31. That's that'll that'll hurt the percentage for sure. Hurt. <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> that you, this team, Brad calls this team one of the best passing teams, which I think they are. But like the numbers would not back that up in assists, assists which is not the yeah. only stat that you but when you're moving the ball the way they do and they score as much yeah they can pass the ball uh, and you look at the three-point numbers overall john l davis um leading the way uh okay i think i got the number wrong because this is telling me a completely different story unless i'm looking at uh, i'm i, I don't sure. know where I'm at. yeah i don't it said he's shooting 47 i don't know maybe i'm wrong i think i messed it up i think i got it backwards actually i think i, I think he shot 23 percent first john season. 
John L. David, what is what's he shooting from the field? From three. Oh, from three. Forty-five uh, percent. Yeah. See, I got it. I got it wrong. Averaging fourteen and a half assists per game too. So. Uh, he shot thirty-three percent one of his first seasons. I got it all backwards. Thanks, ESPN, you idiots. Good work. Um, so yeah, this is a good basketball team. Look at the Ken Palm numbers. Uh, pretty much the opposite. Uh, Illinois adjusted offensive efficiency fifty-third. FAU seventh. Adjusted defensive efficiency, Illinois 8th, FAU 37th. Uh, effective field goal percentage on defense. We talked about this in the last game. Illinois still number one in the country. FAU 65th, forcing teams into bad shots, <laughs> keeping them off of the, you know, the three-point line because the three-point line counts for more than, you know, and that's that. Um, yeah. Two-point percentage on offense, Illinois 55.5% right now, 40th in the country. FAU 58.6%, 14th in the country. Three-point percentage. Illinois 184th, starting to climb a little bit, 32.8%. Uh, FAU's 38th at 38.4%. You look at Illinois from last season from three, uh, they're 32.8% this season. Last season they shot 308 so 2% better already, which is a lot more significant than I think people may realize. Uh, when when everybody said this team was going to be better shooting, I think they're proving it right now. I think a big part of that is this team probably shoots a better percentage if Luke Goody doesn't get hurt last season. Yeah. Um, Experience factor, Illinois 20th in the country in experience. A lot of guys with a lot of minutes under their belt in college basketball. FAU 42nd, same thing. And a lot of these guys at FAU have been there for multiple seasons, which I think is a big factor. Um, and it helps when you have a good coach. And I think Dusty May is a very, very good coach who's been around there for quite some time um, in more ways than than one. So in the last two teams he's had there have been exceptional. And before that they were climbing, but now they're – Really good. Uh, players to watch. Uh, we got a lot of comments here, so um, I'll go through those, and then we'll go to our players to watch. I was dominating. Uh, MJ said that he missed some of the pods so far. I wanted to mention how impressed uh, by how imposing of a team we are physically. Um, he said that he knew it, but in person it's on another level. Yeah, Illinois is tall, right? Um, Ethan or Bergie said Ethan should give Dane pointers and free throws. Yeah, uh, tell Brad to reach out. Uh, we'll be happy to go up there and work with the team. He's a lost cause. <laughs> Jeff says, Got to talk about how Creighton embarrassed Nebraska. Don't think they even scouted Creighton. Save that for the around the Big Ten, but I do think that there's something okay. to some of that. Apply the dub. What's going on? Just Scott here. Uh, he says Hansberry might get time if he doesn't keep shooting threes. Um, Jeff says, we got to play great D and not turn it over and rebound to win against FAU. Yeah, you do all three of those things, you'll be in anybody. So, except, uh, for Arizona. except for Arizona. Uh, players to watch. I'm going with Coleman Hawkins and Vlad Golden. Um, I think the matchup of the big men is going to be uh, pretty pretty substantial in this game. We get, Coleman's got to keep playing good defense. Hopefully that knee is still doing well. And I think Coleman being able to bring Vlad out is going to play a big factor. That way Shannon and Rogers and Damask can, you know, get in the paint and do things against the smaller guards. So I think that's going to be the big matchup to watch. Um, Brad Underwood called Vlad an elite rim runner. So I know you guys are shocked by that, but that's yeah. my matchup to watch. Uh. I have Marcus Damask, who I know you think stinks. Why didn't and you put what position they played? You said you do that every time. Marcus Damask for the Illini and John L. Davis for FAU. Um, I why, have to. Assume, why do you have their names on there twice, Ethan? Geez. I think I, I wonder. This? I wonder who they'll have Davis. Who who's going to guard Davis? Like, do you throw Shannon or Gary at him? Uh, do you throw? I mean, he technically plays the four, so. Yeah. I think you probably have Gary on him, but I don't. I mean, you're going to probably see Ty Rogers guarding Elijah Martin, and then you got to, you know, so it's, it's a weird matchup when you play them. And then I put Damask can play the Matthew Meyer role at Madison Square Garden, make some shots. Matthew Meyer, the lights came on and he went to work last season. He was eight for 10 from the field, five for five from three with 21 points in the game against Texas last season. Shannon didn't even show up until the overtime. Uh, Sky Clark. Made a couple shots, shockingly. Uh, Jade Nepps had some points. Dane Danger had nine points. So just play the, the Matthew Meyer role. Damascus, just lights are on. We go. 
maybe don't take some of the shots that he might have taken, but also he went eight for ten. So I don't know. Maybe he's two misses. True. This is the best Matthew Meyer game last season, probably. <laughs> I don't know though. There was a couple road Big Ten ones that were great, um, but you know, yeah, just don't have a bad Matthew Meyer game. Which wasn't even that bad. I mean, you can relax. I mean, the last game of the season doesn't even count. Is FAU a man-to-man team? Yes, they play man-to-man. Uh, Steve, we need to play our best game of the year, and I think we will in the Garden. Illinois 71, FAU 70. I think you might have gotten to our uh, predictions because I'm pretty close to that. Uh, Jeff, I think Goody is the player to watch in this game. <clears throat> if Damask isn't making shots, they're going to need Goody to make some shots. I agree. Yep. Uh, our predictions. Exciting, get the exciting whites to knock some threes down. <laughs> I got Illinois eking this one out. 73-71. Uh, I think that I think Illinois is going to be able to hold FAU scoring. I mean, FAU can go off. And FAU might score 85. But I'm relying on Illinois' defense to keep them under 80. Maybe under 70. You relax with that. Um, I have eighty to seventy-seven Illinois. Um, I think this team's gonna gonna enjoy the spotlight at MSG, which I think they have in every other time they play there. I know that this team's slightly different than last season, but you know Hawkins and Shannon and uh, Danger, all those guys played in this game last season. So yeah, hopefully they they uh, take advantage of that. And uh, look, I mean FAU is a very good team. I think there's no shame in losing this game. Um, but it'd be nice to win, especially would, going into Tennessee. help. <laughs> it would be good. Uh, which is where we now go to around the Big Ten. The net rankings, unfortunately, are out. Uh, very unfortunate. The net, awful. The net rankings are always out. they're always really funky early because, like, if you destroy some of your bad opponents, it's going to make your numbers look way better. Yeah. Uh, which is why I remember Colgate was like top eight early last season it's like okay i mean what what, what are we doing but uh from a big 10 perspective true uh purdue is number five ohio state is number 20 illinois is number 23 iowa is number 25 and uh, wisconsin is number 26 uh northwestern's 48th michigan state is 51st rutgers is 72nd so illinois right now that is a quad one victory they're one and one in quad one with a win over rutgers a loss to marquette uh, Nebraska 76th, Michigan 89th, Indiana 137th, Jeez. Minnesota 157th, Penn State 170th, and then Maryland 210th. Uh, Maryland is awful. Maryland uh, was supposed to be a top four team in the Big Ten. Yeah, not uh, not ideal <laughs> if you're if you're Maryland this season, especially with Jameer Young and Julian Reese back. Weird. Uh, but the top ten of the net in general is 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 humorous to to look at when it's this early in the season because I don't think that this is supposed to tell us who the best teams in the country are, but I don't think Princeton is the eighth best team in the country. I, you know, just, just, uh, just an aside there. Uh, Number one is Houston, big 12. Number two is BYU, big 12. Number three is Arizona, Pac-12. Number four is Creighton, big East. Number five is Purdue, big 10. Number six is Baylor, big 12. Number seven is Colorado State, Mountain West. Number eight is Princeton, Ivy League. And number nine is UConn out of the Big East. And number 10 is Marquette out of the Big East. So no Kansas, uh, no Tennessee, no Duke. They're all like in the 40s, aren't they? Did I see that? It's so, okay. it's so stupid to come out with these less than 10 games into the season. Because <laughs> if you beat, like look at BYU, for example. BYU, with their scoring margin in some of their games against bad opponents, that's going to help you a lot with metrics. They beat Houston Christian by 47. They beat Southeast Louisiana by 57. They beat Morgan State by 43. They beat Arizona State by 28. They beat Fresno State by uh, uh, 29. Those are just huge margins. Those are going to make your numbers even better. I think BYU is a good team, but their best opponent this season was San Diego State, who's 26th on Ken Palm right now, and uh, they're a good team as well. But if that's your best opponent, I mean, we got to maybe wait until you start playing. You know, you look at their schedule, they're in the Big East now. They're going to play uh, – or they're the Big 12. They're going to play Baylor. They're going to play Houston. They're going to play Iowa State. They're going to play Oklahoma, who's good. They're going to play Baylor again. They're going to play Kansas. They're going to play TCU. We'll yeah. see with BYU. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, they're good, but – Gonzaga 31, North Carolina 32, Duke 37, Kentucky 45. 
the name of the game for being top 10 in the net right now in early December is blow out the bad opponents and just don't lose games. Yeah. And if you're going to lose, lose to the teams that, uh, you know, Purdue and UConn and Marquette have lost to top 30 teams pretty much, which Northwestern is not, but still it's a road loss in the big 10. So, uh, Ken Palm's all, all KenPalm.com Big Ten teams, pretty much like all Big Ten team right now is uh, Zach Eady, Terrence Shannon, Bruce Thornton from Ohio State, Boo Booey uh, from Northwestern, and Tyson Walker from Michigan State. It's all metric-based, so there's some other narrative stuff that I think matters with those. But I do think we should say, like, Bruce Thornton for Ohio State has been ridiculously good this season. Um, some of the numbers he's putting up, he had 26 – points and five assists against Minnesota yesterday. Uh, when they beat Alabama, he had 29 points and four assists. Uh, Santa Clara is a top 140 team. He had 20, uh, he had 13 points and uh, seven assists. So Bruce Thornton seems to be taking quite a big leap. I mean, their one loss, he had 24 points and five assists. So he's been really good for Ohio State. Ohio State is probably going to get back in the tournament this year. So, uh, but there's uh been four Big Ten games this season, I believe. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Um, Illinois, Northwestern, Ohio State, Indiana are all 1-0. and Illinois obviously beat Rutgers in New Jersey. Ohio State uh, has a billion guys shooting over 40% from three. They beat uh, Minnesota. You look at Ohio State right now from three. Dale Bonner, 43%. Jameson Battle, 42%. Roddy Gale, 41%. Bruce Thornton, 40%. And uh, Scotty Middleton, the freshman, is seven for 13, 54%. And Bowen Hardman is one for two, 50%. So it's like, it's just looks exactly like Baylor. They're 15th in the country and three percentage at 40%. Number one team in the country right now is Baylor at 46%, Miami at 42%. Kentucky is sixth, Kansas is eighth, Purdue ninth, Alabama 10th. So, yeah, Steve says Ohio State looks really good. Why the dub says <laughs> Minnesota is so bad. Jeff says Tennessee still ranked too high. They don't play well as a team. Connect is their only threat. But we, Illinois wants them to be ranked high right now. Like we want, we want Tennessee to be ranked going there. I'm not going to blame Tennessee for losing neutral court games to Purdue and Kansas, and then in Chapel Hill. You obviously don't want them to give up a hundred points, but sometimes games go like that. Like, how often is North Carolina going to get 20 plus from Ingram, Davis, and Baycott in the same game? And shoot 32 of 38 from the free throw line, by the way. They had 32 points from the free throw line. So, ref show. Uh, 38 to 16 free throws. How about Bucky knocking off Marquette? Yeah, Wisconsin. um, I believe your quote at halftime during that game to me was, they're not winning this game. That was not the Marquette team that Illinois played. Yeah, I was just saying that you were wrong. I was wrong, yes. Uh, After that Northwestern loss, Purdue is going to kill Iowa tonight. They should. I don't, think, I don't think Iowa's killable. I think they score too many points. Like I think they could still lose by fifteen, but it'll be like ninety to seventy-five, which doesn't look that bad. <laughs> okay, it might be one hundred and five to ninety. Anyway, which still doesn't look that bad. I mean, I know it doesn't. I'm just like saying. they're not like eighty-four fifty-eight, which looks horrible. Yeah. Um, Northwestern beat Purdue for the second straight season in Evanston. Uh, I thought. Painter maybe forced it to ED one too many times, but the play to get the timeout and then the play well, to his guards couldn't make a three. So yeah, that's true. And uh, then Indiana took care of it. Just a horrible Maryland team. Does, um, that, and then, mean, does that guarantee Illinois is going to lose to Maryland? Probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when do they play Maryland? Let's look here. First game against Maryland is home January 14th. Then they play them February 17th. At Maryland, Got a lot of time. It's an afternoon game, though. Better. Illinois, Illinois <laughs> afternoon weekend games is pretty good. Can we also talk about the fact that Illinois actually came out in a game against a pretty good team and was destroying them from the start. Yeah, like without a little run from Rutgers, this is probably like a seventy-six to fifty game. <laughs> so take that, haters. Uh, back to Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska, who came in like everyone, everyone was sitting there saying, "Nebraska seven and zero, guys, watch out." Nebraska 7-0 after beating the uh, – here are the rankings on Ken Palm of the teams Nebraska beat before Creighton beat the living SHIT out of them. Uh, 336, 335, 302, 285, 178, 85th, and 208. 
They didn't play any teams inside the top 80 on Ken Palm. Then they played number five on Ken Palm Creighton. They lose by 29 in Lincoln. I think Creighton was like, we lost to these guys last year. What are you kidding me? And <laughs> Shireman has 24. Ashworth has 13. Trey Alexander, 13. Kalkburner, 13. They shot 18 of 29 from two. Four, they shot 43s in this game, 14 for 40. Uh, but they dominated. I mean, Baylor Shireman looked like the dude from Oakland. Six for 19 from three for Shireman. So very weird. But either way, just a, just a, a thorough beatdown of a Nebraska team that probably needed to lose a game like that. Because now they get back on track, you beat Minnesota, and then you got Michigan State, Kansas State back-to-back. Um, Nebraska probably needed a game like that. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I mean, they, they, they let Creighton go in and score <laughs> 1.24 points per possession. Wesley so. says Braden Smith and crunch time hasn't changed from last year. I think Ouch. one thing that hurts there though, didn't Lance Jones foul out? Like he that's did. a, that's a problem. If he's fouling out, you're in trouble. Yeah, he did. But also Braden Smith wasn't the one who turned it over. Uh, that pretty much ended the game. That was a lawyer pass. Bad yeah. pass. Yeah. Jumping away, trying to just threw it, threw it like, I mean, Braden the defender than the arm. Braden Smith had a pretty sick pass underneath the basket for a big bucket, like over over the side of his head. So, anyways, shout out to Nebraska. Oh, you didn't put times in this. Uh oh. Who cares? I mean, I'm done with that. I mean, oh. you do somebody, this every year. You're like, oh, we're going to put timestamps, and then like, you get like three episodes into it's it. Something you, know? you forget about. And eh. Just what can you do? I mean, do people really want them that bad? If that's the case, then I guess we can go back and look. I don't think they do. Well, we have the things here. Nobody's ever said to me, man, I wish you had timestamps on your podcasts. Well, when it says around the Big Ten right here, that's pretty much, hey, skip forward to when that shows up, and then that's when we're talking about it. Yeah, they can figure it out. They're not. I didn't even sidetrack that much today, so it's pretty on message the entire way. Our fans aren't that stupid. All right. Um, <laughs> Watch party coming. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, by five twenty, be live. Uh, game five thirty. Really means five twenty-five, guys. You yeah, five twenty-eight maybe. Yeah, I think the game will actually start at five thirty-one probably. So it should start on time. It's not the second one. That's good. Yeah. What's the second one? Uh, I don't know. Looks like it's uh, UConn, North Carolina. UConn, North Carolina sounds So right. a, a much better game. But still, this is a good game. Some good games tomorrow night. You got uh, UConn, North Carolina, FAU, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan State, as Wesley said there, uh, Villanova, Kansas State. Yeah, I think I said that before he commented, but whatever. No, uh, Prov- he didn't. He, he uh, beat wasn't, you. Wasn't looking. Uh, Providence, <laughs> Oklahoma. Good test for Oklahoma, who's done 19th in the country. Um, San Diego State, Grand Canyon. That's a road game for San Diego State. Wisconsin, so, Michigan State. Did you say that? Sure, you did. Yep. yep. Iowa, Purdue tonight. Um, Evansville, BYU. That should be a good one. I don't know if that's Evansville, but Wednesday we got Texas <laughs> going to Marquette. This is Evansville. Anyways, Texas going to Marquette on Wednesday. Thanks, Steve. Rutgers, Rutgers at Wake Forest on Wednesday. Thursday, Iowa, Iowa State. A lot of one-game nights. Friday's nothing. Saturday, we got Purdue, Alabama, BYU, Utah, TCU, Clemson, Illinois, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Xavier, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Gonzaga, Washington, Wisconsin, Arizona, UCLA, Villanova, Drake, Nevada. So college hoops is back. I think once the all the dust settles, like before the bowl game start in college football, college basketball becomes a lot easier to – follow yeah college football is over as far as i am concerned so well because the program the illinois football program is 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 trash florida state got screwed okay uh let's (laughs) let's do the ad and then if anybody wants to comment on that maybe i'll 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 take them to school (laughs) uh all right alamo steakhouse and saloon at 700 east broadway avenue in mattoon illinois www.alamo-steakhouse.com. You can see it right there on the screen. It is December, hard to believe, but new features, featured specials in December. 
along with nightly uh, dinner specials. Uh, this month's specials are a crispy chicken bacon and Swiss sandwich with a drizzle of honey mustard. The dessert is a white chocolate raspberry cheesecake. That sounds delicious. Uh, they are closed tonight. It's Monday, correct? Um, but tomorrow, uh, the special is a grilled tenderloin tips, eight ounce chunk of tender beef tenderloin tossed together with sauteed onions, mushrooms, and peppers. Uh, so shout out to Alamo. Like always, we appreciate you guys. If anybody would like to be a sponsor, either on our podcast episodes or our watch party, reach out to us on Twitter, or you can email us at IlliniBasketballPodcast.com at Gmail, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and like and subscribe. Uh, thumbs up. Bing. Uh, share it. Comment. Leave a review. Five stars. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you tomorrow. Ooh. After we talk to these people. Uh, Wesley says that Oregon loss was so frustrating. Felt like the team to do something with and to lose by three again is tough. Yeah, it's like the third. That's like the third Oregon team where I would say that I felt good about winning something. And I would say there was the obviously the team that lost to Auburn in the national championship. Uh, there was the post Chip Kelly leaving team that lost to uh, uh, Ohio State in the national championship. And um, now you got to go play Liberty. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> uh, but obviously, I mean, yeah, you if you hold your Oregon, you hold a, a, a you know an SEC team to twenty two points in the national championship, you would expect to win. But uh, it's tough. I mean, look. Um, I think Oregon's heading in the right direction. I like the coach. I like the recruiting classes they've gotten. I mean, they'll always be better than Illinois. Um, and we're going to Eugene next season. Uh, yeah, we'll see, yeah. see you Illinois, in Eugene, Illinois, folks. Uh, late, uh, late October, Oregon. I, who doesn't want to go see Illinois? Get we'll, record, <laughs> we'll record our preview season preview podcast from Eugene next year. Stay tuned. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think Florida State got screwed. I, I think – it's obviously brutal for Florida State fans and players. Like, if you're a fan or a player or a former student like you at Florida State, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think you're obviously annoyed right now, but I also think you have to take a step back and be like, this should rally us more, you know? We should be like, F the NCAA, F the committee, F them yeah. all. But also, like, I know that it, it shouldn't be the end-all, be-all, like, okay, they lost their quarterback. However... However, nobody wants to watch Florida State get the piss beat out of them by Michigan in the playoff. That's just a waste of a playoff game. The four best teams right now got in. The four best teams at this very moment got in. Do you believe that, though? Because I honestly think, I think that Georgia Alabama is, and Georgia should have been in over Texas. So, and, I think, and my, here's another thing I thought was pretty good was if, if they kept Florida State out because of – Travis, then why are they not worse than Georgia also as of now? Shouldn't shouldn't Florida State have fallen like seven spots or something because Probably, you don't yeah. think they're as good? Like well, you're, obviously you're winning winning a conference championship is a big deal. Um, but also we gotta remember Florida State, they won the ACC. I mean, the ACC is not a good football conference this season. Like Louisville's not a very good team. Uh Florida State on their third quarterback beat Louisville, but it was the ugliest game ever. Um, and you also have to think about this. Uh, I think Georgia is one of the four best teams, but I think the best possible matchups that make sense in terms of conference champions, which matters a lot at this time, like the four best teams in the country are Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama. But that was never going to be the playoff. Two I mean, can't you say win. that the SEC was down this year too? It definitely was. Yeah, I think anybody that says the SEC wasn't down is lying to themselves. Like, I Ole think it was not a, a fraud top fifteen team. I think it's pretty bad when Florida State's quarterback tweets out, "I wish I would have broke my leg earlier." Makes so me feel bad, but see. I still don't think they should have <laughs> got in. I still don't think they. Sh I still don't think I, they should have got in. I mean, I get it, but.
I'm what I'm rooting for is good playoff games. I just think Florida State would not have produced a good playoff game because they probably would have lost 31 to three against Michigan. Like <laughs> nobody wants to watch that. And hey, if Alabama kills Michigan, Their defense Michigan is kills good, Alabama, though. I don't think it's they, good, I don't but think they're putting up 31 again. Here's the problem. No, I think they are. You know why? You ready for this? You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Michigan is so good defensively that Florida State's defense would just have to keep going on the field. And That's you're going to create – like Michigan is – we're not talking about uh, Florida State playing Louisville or any of those other trash ACC teams. Michigan would create points. Like Michigan was not even good against Iowa and won 26 nothing, And Iowa is, you know, pretty decent defensively. I don't think Florida State's defense is that much better than some of the other defenses Michigan played, like Ohio State and Penn State. So I just don't think – that Florida State getting in. I mean, yes, Florida State beat LSU, but that was the first week of the season. I think there needs to be some. Yeah, but Texas that. beat Alabama the second week of the season, and that's the only reason. The only reason Texas got. I don't in. think that's the only reason they won the wow. Big Twelve. They're twelve and they one. They lost to two lost team. Did anybody else lose to the two lost team? Nobody else lost except for Alabama. <laughs> they lost to a one loss team. Uh, also, Florida stinks. You know, Florida. We don't need to bring up Florida. Florida's terrible. They did beat them with a well, second. No, I mean, Auburn wasn't good, and they had to have a thirty-one yard hail mary. If you win the SEC championship with one loss, you're going to get in. It's also that, Alabama. That's insane, though. Alabama, this is one year where the SEC shouldn't okay. have got in. Fine, whatever. That's that's beat. That's that's my Alabama. Opinion. Alabama. One year Florida where they State. Alabama and Florida State on a neutral field right now would be an absolute bloodbath. And you can't you just say look, that. You don't. Alabama know that. is looks really good you, defensively. You can't say that though. Alabama just beat the back-to-back national mm-hmm. champions pretty convincingly when I had money on Georgia, and you can say that. You think, think that's a third-string quarterback that nobody's ever heard of is? He, going they're not. The third string's team. not going to play in four weeks. That's insane. That everybody keeps saying the third string. The second string's going to play. He yes. stinks too. He stinks too. <laughs> I mean, it's not even the. It's such a drop off from Travis. Well, sure. Do we want good playoff games or do we not want good playoff games? Because I think Washington, Texas, and I mean, you basically. I mean, the thing is, Alabama is going to run away with it. So, who really cares? I don't know about that. You're saying Alabama shouldn't. Even Why be do I want to watch Alabama Texas again? By the way, it's going to be Washington. It's going to beat Texas. <laughs> Washington has Oklahoma beat Texas. Washington has a better version of what Oklahoma has. Washington has three elite receivers and a lefty quarterback who's way better than – not way better than Gabriel, but he's much better than Gabriel. I answer, so, college football sucks. Um, all right. That's enough. Anybody else got anything? Yeah, obviously I would be annoyed if I were a Florida State player. I mean, obviously I would be frustrated. Uh, Jeffrey, I don't know where they the hell are. you've been, but it's <laughs> uh, But by the way, I think it's – Last year and it's ever going to happen. I think it should be eight teams. That's just me. But uh, it's going to be 12. And that's probably why the committee oh, yeah, because... felt more comfortable leaving Florida State out because, like, we're not going to have to answer for this next year. It's true. But I, I also guess... think Florida State handled it. Like, I think I think there's a level, like, where their AD and coach just seem like, come on. I mean, they went it's undefeated. Be a middle like, In the what, ACC. What were they supposed to do, though? The current version. In the ACC, the Power Five. With. Fraud Clemson, fraud North Carolina, quarterbackless Duke, mid Louisville, <laughs> Syracuse stinks, uh, Virginia stinks, Virginia Tech stinks, like a bunch of trash teams. That's not even a real conference. Uh, I would put Oregon in before I put Florida State in because Oregon would beat the piss out of Florida State. Anyway, final point. The thing we get to watch them play Liberty. I that's probably. a win, uh, which yeah, is no so kidding. disrespectful. Um, final point is that I think. Florida State handled this in a way that I think you have to be more of a middle. Like, I think the 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 reaction to it was so strong that I don't think anybody's going to be on your side in that case. I think the American public. How are they supposed to react? Like, this is BS. Uh, f- get people to feel bad for you, essentially. Not, you know, go nuclear. <laughs> Like oh, why even play the games? Hey, maybe don't. Exactly. Maybe maybe play? don't play in the ACC, guys. How about that? Go to a real conference. <laughs> That's insane. They what are probably we will right probably now? be in the Big Ten in two years. Are we looking for the team that looked the best two months ago, or are we looking for the I teams that look the best right now with a quarterback? Matter. Matters deeply. 
Um, I had another point. So I wanted Michigan, to make. Oh, yeah. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia should have been in. If it's the four best teams, yes, but I also think you have to weigh other things like. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait! It's either the four best teams or it's I said right now you want to put in there. No, it's the four <laughs> best teams right now, and you need to win a conference championship. Essentially, there was too Why? many teams. Why? Most seasons, Florida State gets in. This is a rare year where there's a one loss. Uh, Texas, a one-loss Alabama, both won their conferences. I don't think the Big 12 is very good this year, but Texas won the Big 12, one loss. Uh, and then you have a, a undefeated Pac-12, which does not happen often. The Pac-12 usually eats themselves. That's true, like man. Oregon usually goes 10-2. and two. Uh, Undefeated Pac-12 and an undefeated Michigan. So the current version of Florida State's 2-0 and or 3-0, and right? So like – I. Is what it is. The current version of them is I'll not sitting here though. talking about it on a line eye basketball podcast. This isn't going to change the people commenting. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good point here by uh Wesley, who appears to be an Oregon fan, so he, he knows ball. Uh, there's a lot of things that had to happen for Florida State to not get in, and it happened. They needed Georgia to win, uh, they needed Texas not to win, which Texas winning was kind of a foregone conclusion because Oklahoma State sucks, yeah. When Georgia beats them by 21. Georgia, Georgia plays Florida State, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Georgia is going to kill them, even though I don't think Georgia is going to have everybody playing, but they'll have enough. Um, and hopefully Ohio State beats Missouri. So there you go. All right. That'll do it for us. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, watch party at uh, whatever time. I don't remember. 525 or so Central. 528. Uh, we'll see Illinois, you Illinois FAU, Jimmy V Classic, MSG. We'll see you tomorrow night. Goodbye.